Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanio Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on Earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on Earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our Earth, our animal brothers and sisters on Earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now on Earth and to the universe end. Michonne Lovick. Welcome to another episode of What About Life? I'm your host, David S. Dawson, Multimedia Coordinator here at Indian Health Council. Joining me today for the podcast, as usual, are my PEI cohorts, Mr. George Pohas. Hello, hello. And Arturo Calvo. Hello, hello. So, guys, we have uh, special guests in here today, uh, recommended by Mr. Dr. Dan Kalak himself. VIPs. Um, VIPs. They're with SD Path. And we're going to find out exactly what that is. Um, and I believe they're going to be talking about HPV and HPV vaccinations. Oh, I so, saw I so, saw UCSD so. next to the path, and I thought they were helping my daughter get into school. <laughs> so with HPV, everything is about your daughter getting into school. Yeah, with right now it is. So, yes, so but if it's all, it, if it's preventing HPV, too, that's going to help too. First so. of all, how how they're going to help your daughter win the field hockey? Yes, game. yes, big game tonight. Big game. Let's go. So, ladies, uh, if you guys want to take a, take turns and introduce yourselves, I think you do it better than we could. So, yeah, sure. I'm Karina Moyano. I'm the community outreach and engagement manager at Morris Cancer Center at UCSD Health, and SD Path stands for San Diego Protecting Against HPV. As we say, it's a hard T on the against there to make that <laughs> acronym, but uh, it's one of the many things that we do out of our community outreach and engagement department at the Cancer Center, and we'll get into what that all is in a little bit. Okay. And I'm Margot Stack-Babich, and I'm the community outreach and engagement coordinator at Morse Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health, and work with Karina side-by-side side on SD Path, as she said, and also um, some of our other emerging, ongoing and emerging projects to work on cancer prevention and um, resolving cancer disparities in the San Diego community. Awesome. So just just to get started, where are you guys coming from? Where, where, where's your office at? Is it on the campus? Our, yeah, our offices are on campus okay. in the cancer center. Yeah. Okay, we just, uh, I went to an event a few weeks ago, the new facility downtown. Oh, Park and Market. Yeah, beautiful. It, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like the MoMA. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. And it's just, it's, it's really awesome to see CSC really stretching out like they, like they're saying, you know, that's yeah. been their plan for a long time and, and uh, that, that's awesome. Right. That's and great. it's right on the trolley line and yeah. easy to get to. And it, it is amazing. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like an art museum. Yeah. 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 It, so it's beautiful. We've been in there a little bit in the last year. It's been, well, exactly like you're saying, it's 
now this very real space for the community and the university to really come together. So yeah. it's exciting to see that. And this is your first time out here, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so we got the whole, uh, or we got the whole, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful out here. <laughs> first first time out here? First uh, time in up Valley Center, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we take it so for granted. And this time of year, when the season turns, especially as we get uh, colder, uh, it, it really is. It really is a beautiful time. So yeah. thanks for reminding me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it's always great to have people come up who haven't been up here before and like, get that reminder. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way when like family members come visit San Diego from oh, yeah. somewhere else. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I live in a vacation destination. Yeah. Right. I know. That's Forget. why we pay so much. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Um, so, so you mentioned that there's multiple programs that you're working on at. I mean, the cancer center at UCSD is like massive and does a whole lot of really great work. Um, number of my own friends have been through various programs there. So what is it specifically you would like to, to talk about with us today? Yeah, that's a great question. Today, we're here to talk about HPV vaccination um, as cancer prevention. It's one of the many ways that we know to prevent certain cancers. But before we started, um, Margaret and I wanted to ask both of you, or all three of you, what do you know about HPV? <laughs> Human papillomavirus? Yes. Good. You know the name? Wow, A+. Uh, <laughs> that is a great question. So I know uh, that, that it's, it was a vaccine that our, our kids had to get to get uh, at some point in school. It was a mandatory vaccine It was or, or highly recommended, for especially for females. And then uh, I used to teach a sex ed course, and that was a big session that uh, we would actually bring. Uh, Miss Esther Clack would like to come in, and uh, she's no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace, Esther. But she would come in and, and really, really uh, drive home the the facts and the stats with the with the youth on HPV. So that's that's what I know. Now, so. HPV attacks in women the cervix. Is that correct? That and, is and correct. And can lead and can lead if untreated to cervical cancer. Yes. That's what I know. Okay. Which is great. Any I others? think they did a phenomenal job. <laughs> he is as shy and reserved of a man as you're ever going to meet. So I don't know if he'll even touch this one. Art, what do you know? I, I know my kids were, were required to get it, and I, I, made, I, made, I didn't make them. I encouraged them to get it. <laughs> and and okay. I'll, I'll just go reach out. And then outbreaks can be like warts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I know that's kind of like uh, one of the uh, signs uh, of of an outbreak. So yeah, you yeah, guys, you guys have pulled a lot of critical information together. So now okay. you, you've hit All a lot right. of. Hey, <laughs> let's go. That's great. Yeah. So I have to confess, I have a family member who has dealt with HPV. Okay. <laughs> okay. So but I do you know, know a little. You're hitting on something important, which is that like a lot of the times we don't know about these things until it's really directly impacting us or a family member, right? Mm -hmm. So that un unfortunately can be the way you get the facts fast is because of... Well, that's often how we learn it. things, right? Is when it hits home, then, right. you, then you learn everything you become you an, about an expert, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned um, HPV causes cervical cancer, but it also causes five other cancers. And I think people don't realize that. Um, and it's for both uh, males and females. So it's not just girls or women that are affected by HPV, it's also men. And it's actually, um, Margot here has the, the stats, but um, an epidemic in men, especially middle-aged men with um, head and neck cancers. And it's not really talked about and it's not really in the media, but it's surpassing the amount of people diagnosed with cervical cancer at this point. 
I know. Do you want to throw in a fact over there? Yeah, it's it's um, which I think, like Karina said, and it's something that I think is only gaining any kind of critical mass because of the patient experience, because of the number of oropharyngeal cancers that men are getting. Middle middle aged men are starting to see this. We saw this, um, you know, as sort of in like the mid century, there was a lot of oral and head and neck cancer from tobacco and alcohol use, and then that sort of dipped as behaviors change. But now we're seeing the same increase. It's like rising again just because of HPV. So wow. HPV actually causes about 70% of all head and neck cancers out there right now, which is a, a huge number. And it's a, one more reason why. And it's like, you know, that awareness, it's cervical gets, I think, a lot of the attention. There's a lot of the awareness of cervical cancer, its preventability with the vaccine, with screening. But um, oropharyngeal cancer has no, as yet, there's no screening for it. So the only line of defense is the vaccine right now. So it's a it's a really, really important message to get out because it's really down to getting your kid vaccinated right on time to make sure they don't ever have to deal with that later in life. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The more you know. That's a big that's a big one and is there an age limit to get the vaccine? Great question. It is licensed to start vaccinating at age nine for boys and girls and um, up through 26, it is recommended. And it is in the last, maybe like two years ago, they licensed it up to age 45. And they say that kind of category between 27 and 45 is talk to your doctor, see if, you know, it's a, a good choice for you, but you can still um, get it up to age 45. Better hurry, George. You're running out of time. Yeah, if anybody is listening and you're working at the front desk, can you uh, <laughs> give me an appointment? <laughs> I don't think I have my HPV vaccine. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. The current vaccine uh, protects against nine strains of HPV. Now there's, I don't, I don't know the actual number, so I won't say one, but Quite a, quite a few. There's quite a few different strains. However, the strains that are covered by the um, HPV vaccine are the, the two that cause the can most likely cause cancer. It's like 16 and um, 18. 18, yeah. And then there's um, the other ones are the ones that cause warts and other other issues. So they're the more common ones. Now, are those sexually transmitted diseases? Yes. Okay. And therein lies, I think, the... Um, stigma around this vaccine mm -hmm. and the barrier sometimes, especially when it was first licensed in 2006, um, it was not marketed well. And I think this association, it being an STI and STD, um, kind of held people back on getting it. And I think that's, you know, become one of the reasons why it's been tough to um, get the vaccination rates where we need them to be. And why might, why, why do you think that was, uh, um, uh, mispromoted uh, or illy because Americans don't want to admit they're having sex. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every movie we watch or that, has. I mean, not yeah. every movie I watch. I mean, what do you mean? Really? Is that why? Scintillating is that why? film because people don't want to talk about it as something they do in their real life. That is a normal is that, is that, life. Is that a big reason why it was mispromoted? Yeah, and I, I think the other, it comes to the age of when it's given, right? It's oh, yeah. It tends to be, it's recommended at the Very 11 young. to 12-year-old, like that middle school age or right. Go, right, going right into middle school. And that is right when, you know, that... And parents don't want to think about no, that with their kids. No, parents kid. don't want to no. think about that at especially, all. Especially their daughters. Yeah. You know, right. But the, the thing about it, it's recommended at that age because that's the best immune response. Okay. Um, when it's given before the age of 15, you, they only need 
two doses, whereas after the age of 15, it's three doses. Um, and it can be given as early as nine. A lot of um, pediatricians are starting to offer it even earlier because it's taking it away from that middle school age and yeah. where like the sex isn't like in the mind. But it's just another one of the childhood yep. vaccines. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But there's a lot of myths around the, you know, if I get my child this vaccine, they'll think that they can, you know, go have sex, you know, at any, whatever. And it's, it's not true. And half the time, you know, I know when my son gets shots, he's six, he has no idea what he's getting shots for. <laughs> like, you know, right. I got Tdap. Now I'm gonna go step on a nail because I can, like, it doesn't make sense. So <laughs> <laughs> do, do you um, see, I'm sorry, yeah. a big push for adults getting the vaccines or is it, is the push more for the youth or the youngster? I think the the key is getting the vaccine before there's any sort of um, exposure. That's for it to really, really work, right? Um, we have a pediatrician that's on our group too who made this like really great analogy. Um, you know, hopefully everyone's wearing sunscreen, but every day, you know, it's sunny here. You're like, oh, I got to put on sunscreen. I don't want to get burnt, especially in the summertime. Imagine putting sunscreen on two times and then knowing you'll never have skin cancer again, like you're protected. Wow. That's what this vaccine is, right? You get two doses before the age of 13 and you're protected against, I think it's 90%, right? Yep, of 90%. HPV cancers. Um, that's incredible. Imagine like a, a cancer prevention vaccine for one type of breast cancer. Oh. I mean, I think that, that, I mean, that's crazy. And this is the only vaccine, well, and hep B mm -hmm. um, that can prevent a cancer. It's just, remarkable um i think but yeah. and wow. kind of in your question like there's been because of Karina's point like because it's so powerful when you're younger the big push in public health is on kids adolescents and kids to get their shots there's been less focus on adults like the like the later you know sort of 27 to 45 there is more of a push i think starting to happen in college age kids because they are out of the house they might have different insurance they might you know half might be on school half might be on parents insurance and they're making their own healthcare choices so there is a bit more energy looking at college kids and because they're still young they're still maybe pre volumes of exposure so there's still a good opportunity for prevention there but the like the weight of the public health effort is really on kids and adolescents because it is the you know if you could comprehensively vaccinate the goal is 80 percent 80 percent of kids if we do that we have herd immunity in the, that population of kids against these cancers and what are we at um we are <laughs> we every year we tick a little closer um we are not the quick answer is we're not at 80%. We don't have herd immunity effectively against this cancer um, for our teens, but we're getting, we're sort of inching closer and closer. Yeah, to get, um, I wanna say the latest NIS teen, which is a the national immunization survey uh, that came out, the kind of newest data is from 2021. It's a survey that they do and they ask households, you know, if they're, um, adolescent has had this vaccine. I wanna say the completion rate was about 62% nationally. Wow. California might be a little bit higher. Um, yeah, I think we were. As it is with studies, there's limitations to, <laughs> to these types of surveys, but it's really the only kind of litmus test we have of knowing, you know, where things are. So, yeah. and, and I guess I'll just get this out of the way. So what, what do we know what the, what the COVID vaccine vaccination rate is roughly? 
Do we? Okay. I don't know it for the news. And, and, and then I guess my question <laughs> then is, and, and, and it was a question I asked before we started. So there were, there's a huge pushback on the COVID vaccine. And, and did you, did HPV see that same pushback with, with its vaccine, you know, with the, that COVID saw with getting the, the shot? So is the same, the same pushback um, there? When it, when it was came, when it came out or, or yeah, or now came out and now, you know, the same, same there, or is it, is it vaccines in general or is it COVID or is it HPV? Is it different? Right. I think there's not one answer. Yes. I think that there were some that were like, this vaccine's too new. I don't want to get it for my, Uh you know, my child. It's too new. I mean, now it's been out for, since 2006, there's, it's like 270 million doses worldwide. There's been numerous studies that it's safe, it's mm-hmm. effective, it's also long lasting. Um, you know, we all have to get boosters, right? Yeah. We have to get go back for our tetanus every 10 years. So far, this vaccine is showing that it's long lasting and, and there are no boosters needing at this point um, that we know of. It's really, really remarkable. Um, but yeah, that is definitely a concern. I think in some ways, COVID's like the new kid on the block. Yeah. And so maybe there's not as much of that worry anymore with the HPV vaccine. But I think with COVID and just everything that happened with media, there's just more vaccine Hesitancy. hesitancy questions, right? More, do I real do, does my child really need this? Do I really need this? So that's also happened too. So, so does it, is it, is it, a, is it a impacting the HPV uh, uh, vaccine rate now with people say, no, I'm not going to get my vaccines. I'm not going to get that. And that means any vaccine. Yeah. It's, I think it's hard to say. It's, okay. it's, 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 it's say. a little, yeah, we're, we're using data like it's hard to get these big population level data sets so it's nice i mean we try to work in our work in sd path in our work group to like pull together what's happening in san diego so we can get some more kind of current information but it is tricky to say we still haven't really articulated the full impact of the pandemic on just like immunizations in general there are some there's some data i mean the data that we do have shown that you know, while child visits tanked in um, right at lockdown, at the beginning of lockdown, and there was a big push to try to get kids back into the doctor's office and catch up on immunizations, we still really aren't caught up fully on, you know, that impact that we had right at the beginning of lockdown. And that wasn't like unique to HPV. It was like yeah. all all childhood, all essential I mean, immunizations. Ha- a lot of facilities weren't even accessible. Yeah, exactly. So there's probably a lot of reasons it, that was like a structural thing that yeah, just I like bet. made it really difficult. And then life happens, right? And right. people are working at home yep. and like people mm-hmm. couldn't, were, you know, I'm sure having trouble getting back in just for routine preventative care. So that has been probably the bigger, you know, structural piece that we're, and that's again, kind of why the work group is really trying to focus on how do we help support this, you know, getting community awareness to be like, hey, don't forget that you might be behind on your shots now and get back into the clinic. You know, you can you can get back in the clinic, the clinic's open, and go book those shots because they're so critical. And right. and there's also an option for the pharmacy. I think with COVID, yeah. that sort of opened the door. More pharmacists were vaccinating, and I think more people got, you know, comfortable going to CVS or Rite Aid or whoever, you know, you mm-hmm. go for your you know, pharmacy um, to get vaccines there. And that's always an option too, you know, just – go get the vaccine at least, um, and then go back to your pediatrician, or your doctor for your well-child visit. Yeah, I get my vaccines at CVS. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, um, I've got the COVID numbers if you want. Uh, do we want them? Uh, sure. Um, so 
I don't want to hijack our conversation. I apologize. No. It, it is interesting. George being so, curious. So you, you said you said HPV is around sixty percent. Yeah. So what, what source is this? Is CDC? This is CDC. Okay. So completed a primary series of COVID. Uh, total U.S. population is sixty-eight point five percent. Oh, I I would have said less than less than forty. I would have thought, but yeah. hey, so, heck yeah. So I wanted to yeah. go back to those Thanks, how yep. how we get those numbers for vaccinated the reported numbers, right? Because mm -hmm. they're getting the vaccine later. So there, there's a possibility that those numbers could be off. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking about me. If I didn't know that my kids got that shot and I got asked that question, I'm self-reporting. I'm not showing you my card or, or submitting it into the database that they got it. Well, no, the, the survey that I mentioned, yes. oh. they, they're verified. Oh, they are they, verified? Yeah, they do. Oh, by okay. the provider? Yeah. yeah, so it's verified by your um, like vaccine records. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. But some, some studies, you're right, some studies don't. It is self-report, so yeah. then you're really at the mercy of your memory. <laughs> <laughs> but this 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 uh, survey is, and it's the ones we lean on it heavily. But like Karina said, doesn't really tell the full story. It doesn't. They you know that that rate for California is a slice. So we, you know, for our purposes in San Diego, we really do try to like look at what the county has access to, look at our state registry, and try to piece together like what's the what's the real reflection of you know what we need to be focused on in San Diego, which so, takes so being effort. in San Diego, the different cultures, the different language barriers. I know you guys have a lot of um, outreach to educate and, and convince those that culture or that those traditions, right? Can you talk a little bit about that outreach for the different um, communities? Yeah. Um, you know, I, what we've done, we're sort of a small and small and mighty team, I think I'd like to describe. We created SD Path as a work group that could sort of be like a hub and a spoke. So we have this really amazing steering committee of which Dr. Kalak is on, who has been working with us. And really we're putting together this team of folks who reach and touch lots of different populations within San Diego through health systems, through clinics, through their advocacy, through like, you know, some of them work for the county. Um, and so what we're trying to do is use that steering committee to really advocate for best practices, share knowledge, share how, you know, share resources on information when there's different language uh, resources available and there's different training techniques, make recommendations, have conversations with each of these groups to see like, what are you experiencing in your clinic? What are, what is your community telling you or what are the barriers you're facing? And through our partners doing their own, you know, doing the great work that they do, that's really how we're trying to reach the community in different ways. So this work group is really this anchor piece for us to go f much further than we could do really on our own as two, three people. <laughs> cool. I'm only, I'm only reflecting back because when I coached, I had a couple of kids that couldn't come to certain events because their mom had to come and tell me they were different religion, that they weren't vaccinated. And I had a couple of kids that were... You know, which day and age today, I was like, how can you not be vaccinated? But it still happens. It's happening with, I mean, with a lot of kids, a lot of youngsters that mm -hmm. because of no fault to them, but uh, the tradition or, or the beliefs that their parents have affects the kids. Yeah, I think we, you know, in our capacity, I think I think we're very sensitive to the, who is speaking and who's giving the message in certain communities. And 
So the more that we can identify community groups that are community serving organizations that are delivering health and um, you know guidance, advice, counseling services in their own community mm-hmm. and empowering the leaders of those groups who are then the then the messengers, right? Ultimately going and hosting health fairs, creating tailored information and outreach to their communities. Um, because I think being sensitive to people's beliefs and their culture and where they're coming from is, is, is there's nothing more important than that, right? To be heard and yeah. communicate a message. And so I think that, that when there, where there's been success with COVID, it's been due to, I think a lot of on the ground grassroots community led efforts. Like I know in Imperial County, there was a lot of, or like just community level outreach and education, to the Hispanic community, and they have great COVID vaccination rates. But it was really because the community was empowered and, and led those efforts. And so, if we want the same success with HPV, it, you know, it has to be, you know, the the trusted messenger has to be at the front. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, you talk about HPV being. Uh, yeah, I agree. By the way, with all that great, great, great conversation. You talk about HPV being a uh, vaccination that's primarily targeted at like teens. Yep. Right and twenty somethings, um, but you look at the COVID numbers and ninety three percent for sixty five and over, and then a increasingly lower, lower, lower percentage with each generation going yeah. down from there. So you're targeting HPV at a range that is based on COVID, like the least likely to go get a vaccine. So like that must be really, really challenging. Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kalak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaska Native Physicians launched AAIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. AAIP encourages all American Indians and Alaska Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry, where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of prepackaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering native wellness since 1970. I wanted to go back to, I think, something that um, George said that he thought that the H... I got the name right? Yes, you did. <laughs> got the wrong badge. I got my school... Well, I, I was at the school yesterday. There you go. There you are. <laughs> um, that you thought that the HPV was uh, required for school. I think yeah. you said that, right? Yeah, I think or, I, going into middle school, I thought. 
Okay, that's, yeah, I yeah. wanted to bring a circle back to that because it's not. Oh. Yeah. Um, Tdap is the only school in California, uh, school required um, vaccine going into middle school. Then maybe they said this is required, but it would recommend you recommended. Why you're, why yes. getting shots. You got a this. strong recommendation, which is yeah. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. You're, <laughs> you're the doctor, pediatrician, family yeah. medicine doc yes. did a great job we in just yeah, yeah. Uh, emphasizing the importance. And I think that also leads to the hesitancy. Some parents are like, I just want the school mandated ones because yeah. those are the ones that are important. But that's that's not true. They're all recommended. Um, by the CDC, and they're all very important. There's reasons why some are mandated for school because of infectious diseases and protecting them while they're at school, um, but they're all important. Um, now, HPV is given, supposed to be given, at that same visit with Tdap. So they are coming in to the doctor, right? They are getting their Tdap. Tdap rates are over 90%. Oh, wow. So they are coming in. Right, and at that same visit, they are supposed to get HPV and meningococcal, but somehow that is missed, and it's so many reasons. It could be the parent not wanting it, um, or saying I just want school ones, um, or you know maybe how it's, how it's presented by the provider. It's not presented as important, so there's many reasons you know why. But we know that at least the parent, ninety percent of those kids are coming in and getting Tdap, but somehow only 60% are walking out with <clears throat> HPV. So there is a missed opportunity there. And it's not about um, vaccine hesitancy. They're getting their Tdap vaccine. So it, it is education. It is a strong recommendation by the doctor. I think all, you as well said, my children got it. But, <laughs> you know, so like hearing that, I'm like, you had, you know, great doctors that emphasize yeah. this importance, you know, and, and you're like, we got it. It's important. So that's wonderful. So if I... If uh, so with that being said, and you, you said you, you work with outreach and education. So what, what is your approach then education-wise in the community and, and uh, whether it's the youth or, or the parents? So what, what is the type of curriculum or, you know, talking points, teaching points that you have with HPV? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's um, sometimes... If I may yeah. interrupt, sorry, because where we came from when we taught, when we did teach it at one point or when it was brought up during my curriculums, it was through a sex ed. And now mm -hmm. in this conversation, I'm thinking I'm kind of having an epiphany is like, wow, maybe that did encourage, the, increase the stigma. Yeah. So that was maybe the wrong place to put it. Sure. Yeah. So, so sorry to interrupt. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, it is right. A sexually transmitted um, disease. So it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, we frame it as it's cancer prevention, just like skin cancer, uh, you know, not smoking, mm -hmm. getting your HB vaccination. It's all important cancer prevention. And going back to education, I, I mean, I don't know the, the marketing number, but it's like someone has to hear something, you know, however, what is Seven it? Seven times. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it is, right? However many times. And so sometimes we solely put the responsibility on the healthcare yeah. provider to make you know, it's their job to make sure this parent gets the vaccine. But no, it, I think it's on all of us. We are doing a lot of education with dentists, dental hygienists. They're, you know, in your mouth, they do oral cancer screenings already. They see um, adolescents twice a year. They have an opportunity to give a message, say, hey, have you gotten your HPV vaccine? You know, why don't you talk to your doctor about it next time? I mean, they don't vaccinate, but they are a trusted messenger. Um, school nurses, we do a lot of conversations with school nurses, same there's not vaccinations given at school, but they have an opportunity to talk to parents, to talk to kids, talk to teens. So, you know, and then trusted community messengers and organizations. So, you know, the message is being 
given by multiple people, multiple ways. And, you know, so hopefully when they do go into the, the doctor's office, it's like, oh, I've heard about this. And, you know, oh, I do have some questions, but, you know, I, I've heard people talking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you hear it from more and more reliable sources, yes. then yep. it becomes more right. uh, acceptable yeah. to you. Yeah. There's some really scary stuff on the internet. I mean, even <laughs> I, you know, whom I do this all the time and I, I search and I'm like, whoa, you know, if I didn't know the people that I knew, I would be scared too. You know, that there's some yeah, really scary things out there. So I, we did I, a quick look at um, somebody, somebody was doing almost an experiment on TikTok, right? And just wrote vaccine into the search. And half of this auto-populating search that came up were like myths, myths and misinformation. It was like vaccine injury. That, yeah. You know, all these things that, you know, there's no verification of that, right? People are free to just put anything out there that they, you know, unchecked. So if someone's relying and we know, like, especially youth use TikTok like a, like Google, like TikTok is for everything. They go get all their information there. So if I, I think that's another thing that we try to be really mindful of, too, is, again, if we overly put the pressure on just providers to be the messenger a lot of kids don't get in to see a doctor, a lot of, yeah. you know, or maybe a dentist or a pharmacist. Like it really takes these, you know, we we really prioritize kind of continuing education, pharmacy, dentistry, uh, medical providers. But we also, we you know, we do stuff with the YMCA or doing stuff with the school district. We want to really make sure the information is accessible and out there because, you know, we don't want to leave it all to, on the doctor's office visit because it is the strongest strategy to get that strong recommend, you know, two examples right here. Strong encouragement. Yeah, that strong recommendation. But, you know, that, does, that could leave a lot of people out. I, um, I have a question. You talked a little bit about vaccines that are mandated for school, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. What... What would uh, it take to mandate that vaccine? Art, what a can of worms. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it is an important no. concern, um, right? It's I a mean, relatively new vaccine, right? Like, I mean, it's it's not as old as, like, you know, the polio vaccine and that sort of stuff. It's it, not it, as old as polio. It's a more recent vaccine. Which Older than an iPhone is what we like yeah, to say. You know. Which is still not very old. Which is, no, but about That's 20. A marking point. It was that 2005, 2008? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that well, that's the goat that's becoming the go-to uh, one. I think is like because when people just to just for the well now COVID. I mean, COVID gives us this very easy scapegoat of like this oh, yeah. is de- l- yeah. l- totally newer than than the HPV vaccine. But <laughs> right. you're right, it's not. But that's part of why it's not in the mandated, right? Because because a lot of those mandates were put in a long time ago and really haven't changed much I think over it's, time, right? it's more down to transmissibility and where yeah. that happens. And so I think the thinking... It doesn't w- happen in the school. So that's the, <laughs> in, theory, in theory, right? <laughs> so, but that's been, I think, the, the metric for these must be school mandated because the risk of transmission at school and outbreak at school is like what we're, what the mandate is really for. You know, that you could argue... School Maybe dances, it is football games. Sure, like you know it's sure like there, lots of opportunity. You in high can't. School. There's no guarantee, yeah. right? That that isn't it isn't possible on in the school setting. Um, it's and so that's but that's been how they make those decisions. I believe is really like what what is likely to be transmitted in a school setting. But the power, you know, but the tr- the sort of cost benefit of what it means to get that vaccine 
and it's long-term. But it's still battling that stigma of how it's yeah, transmitted stigma. and nobody wants to admit that their kids are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so it's, it is, you know, it could be maybe going further than what's literally the terms of like what, why we need the school mandated vaccines, like to say, well, this is in the best interest of the child for their whole life, right. To get essential immunizations. Um, so it's something that comes up. This is a, this is a, your, your question is in a, a critical question. It comes up constantly. Um, you know, it, but it is such a, it's be, it just becomes more and more of a loaded question and whether a policy mandate is more contentious than doing all these sort of public health interventions that have, we know, work and they may be a little slower, you know, without a policy umbrella over them, but maybe they they have less pushback. Like in Rhode, Rhode Island has is one of the three states where it is it's a mandatory vaccine to go to school. And what's the rate there? Uh, they have the pretty much the best oh. rates in the country. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. but Cause, it, cause it's I'm, mandated. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm only going back to, to reflect, you know, thinking back when I grew up, you know, that language barrier with my parents, if it wasn't mandated, right, they mm-hmm. wouldn't think twice. Like, okay, just okay. give them what, right. you know, a little yeah. job or whatever, so, oil change, whatever, get yeah. them to get them in school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, so, well, mandated, the implication <clears throat> of mandated is like, we this is necessary. Kind of, yeah, yeah, like, and this is not necessary or not necessary. Right. I think that's what mandated probably tells people. Yeah. Now, is, is with that being said, is the access there? Is it free? Is it, can anyone get it? Is it everywhere? Is it in Rite Aid? Could anyone just go into Rite Aid and get get a vaccine? Yeah, those are wonderful questions. So you need insurance. It is an expensive vaccine. Wow. So there is a challenge if you're uninsured. Um, the maker of the vaccine does have a program that does help people who can't afford it. So there is that. Wow. Um, for anyone under the age of 18, uh, the Vaccine for Children's program will cover it. So um, it, it, you know, they should be able to get it. It just have to go to a vaccine for children provider. So another reason to get it young. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if someone until your twenties, so if someone heard this and didn't have insurance and they have kids, they can still go mm-hmm. to yeah. their whoever what, their clinic, a their VFC cl- enrolled, yeah, clinic. To wherever get, they go, see Medi-Cal, Medicare, whatever they're yep. on, and mm-hmm. and get the HPV vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I think there's <laughs> a I know, lot I know, of stuff. I know, but we're, we're already yeah, at 30 minutes. Yeah, I think there's a ton of stuff. I think um, but what, I've, what I've gotten from this is the, uh, the fact that it is a cancer prevention approach and not a, sex, not a sexual transmitted disease approach. And um, that... that, uh, that Men are affected by it too, mm-hmm. and I'm pushing right along, right against the. Uh, the Better go see Doctor Kalak after this to see if you can yeah, get your I vaccine. Got about another, I got I got a, a month before I expire, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I think uh, uh, that was really good information for me. I, I I've, I've gotten a, a lot from that. So yeah, what about you guys? Any, anything? It was eye opening. A lot of the stuff that you guys talked about. Um, yes lot of information. I mean, I think we could probably go all day talking about different topics or different um, avenues for it and, and why or ways of promoting it. I'm just thinking about how I grew up, my barriers, yeah. the barriers in my community, right. you know, thinking about it, the, 
the costs. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm almost positive there's a whole community out there about that fear of being reported yep. that I'm not going to get my kid the shot because I might get reported, but mm. that's a totally different I guess I got one, one last question. If, if somebody has had HPV, is it worth them getting a vaccine? Yes. Okay. Good question. <laughs> yes, because it covers nine different strains. So okay. maybe the person had one particular strain and, you know, they can still get coverage for, you know, for the other strains. Uh, you know, I, we didn't discuss how many people get HPV or have an HPV mm-hmm. infection. It's about one nine, in four. Ninety percent. Wow. Will yeah. have had in HPV their, in their lifetime. lifetime. So that's nine so out of ten. Nine out of ten. That's. Yeah, wow. so Nine people are trying to be like, everybody's going to get it, so let's start talking about it. You know, like, it's it, this is pretty, this is yeah. like wow. death taxes and HPV. Most people what clear it. Most is... most time your body fights it, but there are some strains that your body can't fight. And I think the other um, issue is, you know, with COVID, you get the vaccine, and then you see people having COVID around you. But HPV is very silent, and it's dormant for decades, yeah. right? You have, now we have middle-aged men having HPV cancers, but they probably got infected when they were 15, 20. Oh. So it's not something you see the impact of right, right away. away. Yeah. And so it's not, it doesn't seem urgent, but when you see how common an HPV infection is, it's very urgent. Uh, Dave, what, what did you get from the conversation? What are you going to take away from this? Uh... That if I had kids, I'd be getting them vaccinated for everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love to hear. <laughs> everything. And, and and maybe to put this back on the pros here, what is something you'd like the community to take from the conversation if, if you left us with something? You know, one one additional point I think we wanted to really, yeah, really please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. emphasize. And it's it's... There's like two messages, I feel like. I feel like what would be the quick and quick and clear message just about HPV? And I think particularly we're, we're so excited to be here today to really make sure we're talking about prevention because um, a new study came out this week looking at um, the disproportionate impact of HPV on Native American population. And so we know that women particularly have um, a really increased incidence of cervical cancer um, and cervical cancer mortality. And so getting this shot and getting screened, just to plug, like getting cervical screenings as well as recommended on time. How often? Um, it started at age 21. Okay. This is there's a, there's a few confusing guidelines out there, but the most current is getting started at age 21. Okay. And then depending on the clinic that you have, if you have access to uh, HPV co-testing, you can go less frequently, I believe every five years. But um, if you just have a pap cytology, it's every three. So we just wanted to really push a big PSA for cancer prevention through Definitely. HPV vaccination and cervical screening because um, these disparities in cancer care are they're unacceptable. So we just want to make sure that we do a big push for well, screening is so important because yeah. detecting a cancer early. Yeah, it is. That greatly increases your chances your of, of taking treatability. Care of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so there's there's a very um, clear disparity, and that's something that it shouldn't be. So, and with, with access, so, so then that leads to the big push for the vaccine. It's safe, effective, it works, it's long lasting, um, it's avail- and it's available, you know, and if you, you would need help accessing it or finding it, you can, you know, there's resources online that should be able to get you that vaccine for free. 
Yeah. I was going to say the, the study that Margot was just mentioning that came out yesterday, I think the American yeah. Cancer Society had a press release. What I found remarkable was the incidence rates were a little bit higher in the Native American populations, but the mortality rates were much higher and it has to do with screening on time, finding it at an early stage, having more treatment options, having access, access to care, quality, yeah. quality of care. So very important for the screenings. And I'll echo her, um, HPV is safe. It's cancer prevention. It's long lasting. Um, so don't run or don't walk, <laughs> run. Right. <laughs> and we're like all going to get it. So yeah. Yeah. It's... Let's get vaccinated. Well, yeah. No, no, not all of us. Oh, you're going to be the one. Yes. <laughs> yes. You playing, you playing those Vegas odds? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> celibate. <laughs> that's a good yeah, closing. He has four kids. Huh? <laughs> that's the one. That's the one out of ten. <laughs> uh, you know, with, with with you guys just shared, I, I think that uh, uh, just lets me know why. Um, I I don't think I was working when Doctor Clack started sending us just chains of emails about you guys coming on board and doing this, doing this talk with us, and and I kind of just kind of glanced in, and I'm like, wow, Doctor Clack's pretty. Pretty pushing this. He's thing. pumped. Yeah, and then, and then at this point, I wasn't. Even, I just like I'm just gonna wait to get back in the office because I'm not gonna re- say something. George is like Dave's response. gonna take care of it. Yeah, I'm Dave not gonna it. even respond here because I don't even know what's going on, you know. And so, so I mean, he was really, really promoting and 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 proud of you guys. It sounds like he was really proud and and passionate. I, uh, passionate, and I think with 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 what you just shared, and then what you just shared, and knowing Doctor Clack. Uh, you know, Dan from Palma and, 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 and his passion for the community, you know, my, my, my wife and kids are from here as well. Um, and, and, and we see, we kind of get, uh, or I'm sure you could attest to this. We kind of get uh, to a place in the community where it's like, we hear this all the time with everything. You know, I focus on suicide and the rates are the same, you know, we hear the same thing and it's like, Oh, they're always saying this about us, you know? And, but when the stat, when the when the facts are the facts, and the research has been done, and you know, and, and Dr. Clack pushes something, you know, it really means it. He's passionate about what he does, and I think that's where we started seeing, though that email when he, I think when he got a hold of you guys or when you guys committed, he's like, get them on now, you know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's a, it's an honor to to have you guys share with us, and hopefully we can, you know, however we could help if this message gets out, but. But I feel like I, I feel like I want to. I have a presentation coming up here, like in like thirty <laughs> minutes. I feel like I need to change it and do start talking about HPV. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just <laughs> finish finish your presentation. Yeah. Oh, by the way, have you all had your HPV? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in here has got HPV. Let's by go. The way. Let's just go. Light up. up. <laughs> Light up. Judgment. Well, I, we should. I mean, and and to your point, we should really. We, and we wanted to make sure we we did a big shout out to IHC because. Um, IHC has been part of the work group since it started in 2021 of SD path. And Dan has been just such an unbelievable champion. So creative coming up with, you know, there's, there's the tried and true strategies that like we basically exist to share and disseminate and try to keep the kind of most current data disseminated among all our champions in the community. And so I just wanted to highlight this. So Dan and Sai have been working so hard to improve vaccination rates at IHC. And they really joined hands with us for this August. It was California HPV Vaccine Week. And they did promotions. They did 
this multi-level outreach, you know, through IHC. Dan did the podcast about vaccines, he did social media. There was the YouTube videos, he was in the schools, and they increased from last year to this year in that same like sort of three month time period by 51%. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm, so that's, that's all Dan and Cy just taking like and running and expanding. Just on. imagine if we could fast forward, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse yeah. Me, no, I'm sorry, but just imagine if we fast forward in like a time warp yep. that saved a lot. It saved someone's yes, life. It did. Yes. If we look at that mortality. It absolutely rate. did. Right? I don't yes. want to start crying here. Yeah. But it but you, did. But you will. It, yeah. But it did. It did. It did, right? Yep. And, you know. Good job, Dr. Clack. Yeah. Sai, yep. shout out. Absolutely. Thank and you for bringing that up. I had to. Yeah. And <laughs> and too, good job getting the shot. Whoever went through the process and did that. Yep. Yeah. And Dang. with this podcast, too, you know, if one person from, you know, listening to this gets their child vaccinated for HPV, like how it's yeah. a life, you know, it's just like incredible. And we'll never know, but we'll, you know, have to be satisfied just like knowing this. Jeez, 51%. So you guys got all that back, did all that, put that together. Wow. Yeah, they that was all them. That was all them. And, you know, Dan says like, how can we, like, yeah. how do we engage on TikTok? How do we get on social? Yeah, how do yeah, we? Go get. And like to the go same, down. this is back to the beginning though. Like, I think. going to be doing TikToks, he, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He's brought it up. He, get, he, he gets <laughs> that it can't, you know, yes, the doctor has to make the doctor has to be doing their part with a strong recommendation, but we have to be where people are, like yeah. at school. He's also from the online. community yeah. too. Yeah, so. yeah. and yeah. exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it takes, and it takes like that force of will too for Dan to be at the helm mm. to say, yeah. this has to get done. This is so important. And and here's all the different creative ways and of, and kind of getting all these partners around him too to say, this is this is what it takes. And, and I think it, it also takes... Uh, um, Maybe the word is is pride, or or maybe putting your side your pride aside. I'm not sure, but to say, hey, help, you know, hey, UCSD, can you guys help us? Rather than say, hey, we're going to help ourselves because out here we do have a lot of pride and, and we want to take care of ourselves and our people and our and each other, and and especially when it comes to outside agencies, you know, we don't tr- there's a lot of issues, and so you know to reach out and say, hey, can you guys help us? Hey, professionals, hey, you guys got the resources, come in and help and here you go. What do you need? What do we, what do you want us to do? You know? So kudos to that for Dr. Clack, bringing in the, bringing the, bringing the guns in, so to speak, you know? Yeah. I, so. I think the spirit, I hope, I think, I think this is how we feel like that the goal where we're coming from is just get hit that 80%. It doesn't matter whose name is on the door. It doesn't matter whose name is yeah, associated definitely. to it. Exactly. Hit that goal. Exactly. And exactly. however anybody can help hit that goal, that's the that's the point. Yeah. I have a feeling Dr. Clark's gonna be darkening my door with a TikTok idea soon. <laughs> hopefully hopefully. He mentioned to us brightening your door while getting a shot at the same time. With the, yeah. with uh, what do you call it? Juice? <laughs> was it biker short? I mean uh, <laughs> uh, the juice? surfer short. I mean just imagine if we can get like uh, you know a, 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 a high school student to collaborate with with uh, you know uh, a medical professional mm-hmm. and 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 a teacher, uh, some level administrator mm-hmm. to collaborate on some sort of video idea. There's three levels Absolutely. there. Well, health uh, educator, public outreach yeah, guy, like yeah. Well, and we DJ. we are, we are the ones coordinating <laughs> it with our equipment, right? Yeah. And then there's three levels of educate, all getting t- the education mm-hmm. and the awareness, and then the message goes out. Yep. Yeah. You know that 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 would be the idea. Yeah. 
and it's and it's done with your guys's research and your guys's you know your guys' script of course you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know I, I, it's because really... I think that is important excuse me if that's one thing too is we gotta we gotta have the facts yeah you know we gotta we gotta have the facts we don't just shoot stuff out from the hip you know so yeah well Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Guys. Yeah, thank you guys, well, for, thank you guys for, for coming yeah. on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is uh, uh, one, of, one of the better podcasts. When, when Dave came in this morning, he, he queued us up, and I said, you know, I think it's best that I don't read up on this because <laughs> if I pretend <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about, I'm going to tear, I'm going to destroy this thing. I'm, I'm hoping that we've um, converted <laughs> you into our, to becoming champions in the community as well. <laughs> so. Please. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I think that was really motivating here about hearing about Dr. Dan and Cy and, you know, we, we're all doing something here and sometimes the work we do, we, it feels a little uh, discouraging, especially with such, such, you know, tremendous, Battles, you know, yep. like, like suicide, depression, uh, mental health stigmas, and 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 medical and things like that. So when you hear you hear reports like that, and it's kind of a little little victory, you know, and it makes you feel like, hey, it it's is working, a victory, yeah, you know. So it's motivating. And yeah. we get, you know, I think we're more than ever. I think any any of the research, anytime we're looking at cancer prevention, vaccines, like how to get people to come in for appointments. I think the more, especially in the last few years, like yeah. we're so keenly aware that people's like immediate needs are so under threat at times, right? Food, safety, yeah. shelter, yep. school, jobs. And if you don't think about those things, like you won't be successful, I think in getting, because cancer prevention will start to go to the back yep. of people's priority list, yep. right? Way back. So, and that makes sense, right? If you're trying to just, if you're worrying about a paycheck, if you're worrying about how to get, you know, your kid to school or, or just knowing that you have your, the next three months. Okay. Um, you know, those are things that are so important, I think, for us to, and like any practitioner to keep in mind as far as if we're, you know, you come with an idea of cancer prevention that you have to be collaborating on all these other important needs that people have to address, you know, like mental health and suicide, you know, that is so critical as well. So it's, I think the collaboration and getting to know what everybody's working on, we can really do the most comprehensively best things, I think, for patients. That's great. Thank you guys so much for coming all the way out here to talk yeah. to us. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Uh, you got another beautiful drive to get back yeah. Yeah. Back, back down the mountain. And uh, George, thank you as always for, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for being on here. And, and, and this is Art's last official oh, podcast. Is this the next podcast. one you'll be a special guest? Is that where we're yeah, at? Next time he's I'm back on, on here, I'll be a guest. guest. Cause he's, oh. he's, he's, he's moving on up. Transitioning what? to another uh, department. What is that? Starting next week. What do you, what you, do you want to share? No, or the big secret? Um, I want to be transitioning to the operations department. All right. The head of the head of operations. Well, congratulations, operations. Mr. Thank Calvo. You guys. Thank really you guys. very proud of you. It's been <laughs> thank an, you, ladies, it's for been, coming it's out. It's been an honor. Oh, always. You know, I'm you know, I love you, my man, here. and you've been a great mentor and friend. Yes. So good job. Here. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thank yeah. you so much yeah, for thank joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. That was a great, great, great podcast. And Dr. Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you all. What a what an honor. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760 751 
760-751-6004. That's 760-751-6004. If you're outside of Indian Health Council service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees, are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotions and Marketing Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson, executive produced by Beth Turner. Our research team and hosts are George Pojas, Arturo Calvo, Jason Levine, and Marissa Yeppa. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.